Okay, that word justify. Anybody know what that means? What does that mean when I'm trying to justify myself? Okay, so what you're trying to do is wiggle your way around. You know, you know, you know what you're doing is wrong. Because if you didn't know it was wrong, but you know it's wrong. So therefore, what you're trying to do is what? Excuse sin, my behavior. You are trying, and have you ever done this one? Oh, this is my favorite. I will try and find people, and I will keep asking the same question until I find somebody that will agree with me. That's a good one, too, trying to justify myself. Anything else that you see as you look at this text? You guys are doing awesome. That's great. Keep thinking. Lawyer. Anyone else? Okay, yeah, there it is. It's like immediately he comes to Jesus. Think about this. He comes to Jesus and he says, What can I do to to inherit eternal life? Right? Like, woo, cool, very observant. <laughs> oh, 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 oh yeah, you know what you ought to do, but you really are trying to find a way out of it, right? Justifying himself. So we can fit into the text, can't we? Well, why do you feel he needed to justify himself? What was it that he knew? Because he was a man of the law. He wouldn't ask the question if he he knew he measured up, right? Something was amiss. This is probably one of the key points for everybody in this room. When all of a sudden you got that nagging question, you pretty well can assume the fact that guess what? Something's missing here. Woo. There's another, there's another value, right? You go from excusing sin to when we sin, we feel guilty. Right? Been there? And when you feel guilty, how do you get out from underneath guilt? What's the biblical premise for that? There it is, 1 John 1, 9. If we, what? Confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's as easy as that. But when we're guilty and we don't want to do anything with it, what do we do? We keep trying to justify ourselves. Guess what happens? If you continue to do that, what happens? 
your heart becomes hardened. How can people live in such blatant sin? Did they get there overnight? Hardly. It is from a life, a habitual pattern. This is what the law had done to this man. Instead of bringing him closer to the answer, it drove him further away from the very one who could change his life. Note to self, don't go there. Don't go there. The context of this parable is intriguing. Look at your Bible and look what was just before this passage. And this is where we'll end up tonight. <laughs> it's, it is so intriguing. I mean, when you look at the Bible, you have to understand, folks, that it wasn't just random stories thrown together. There is a definite storyline in every book of the Bible. Every book has a line of truth that God ordained and it is inspired. And so we need to pay attention to the context. And when you look at the context, you look at the opening verses. Verses 1 to 20 deal with this whole subject of the 70 going out. Right? Huh. And as they're going out, Jesus says to them in that opening verse there, uh, chapter 10, verse 2, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And then, boom, he sends 70 out the door. And the 70 come back, and they are jacked. Like the two here in the front row, although they're a little, their blood's a little, you know. But I saw him when he came in here tonight. It's like, you, you, hey, folks, it, seriously now. If you don't have any time, don't ask them how they're doing, right? If you just ask and don't do it. Because if you bump them, they're, they are excited about what God did, Right? That's where these guys, I mean, they're out doing what? Ministering, serving out of the overflow of their life. And because of it, there is tremendous joy. We see that as we get to verse 20, 21. Not only were the disciples jacked, but Jesus Christ is rejoicing with these people. There's joy. Everybody, hello, everybody out there? You're going to, we're going to, is anybody watching the Super Bowl tonight? Go home and turn it on and just look at the stands. Don't, don't, don't worry about the game. There'll be, like, how many people in those stadiums? Is there 60,000, 100,000? There's a whack of people in there. And when they pan the crowd, what are you going to see all over their faces? The color of their team. 
But you're going to see them screaming and hollering, and they're going to be excited. They're going to be throwing a hissy fit in there. And I mean, if their team wins, look out, whatever city it is. And that's all for a football game. I wonder, Christian friend, when was the last time we really got jacked? When we really were excited about what God was doing in the life of someone else. Do you remember the day you got saved and the euphoria in your own life? Maybe you've had the opportunity to be with somebody who trusts Christ. Maybe it was your little daughter, your son. You led them to Christ on your knee. There was something just so beautiful about that. Maybe it was at a retreat and you were there and you witnessed people going to the front. Or maybe it was another meeting and they were your friend and you brought them and they went to the altar and they come back and with tears of joy, you just couldn't. Wait to greet him. Joy. Now, look at the last paragraph in that chapter. We're still talking about serving. This one is the story of Mary and Martha, right? (laughs) And it's like, one is so busy doing that she is upset because her sister Mary is seated at his feet, listening, worshiping. Service is a big deal. Understanding this question of who is my neighbor goes back to the mandate of going into all the world and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, making disciples of men and women. It starts with the overflow, the inner qualities of our life. And as God begins to churn that up and work that up, we go into a waiting world that is just so open to the needs. If we had time tonight, we could talk a little bit more about the context here. But a couple of things. There's a tremendous need that we see for godly laborers. There's this understanding that when we serve him, I mean, one of the greatest, I can't believe, you. I heard this stat, and it, it just makes me cringe every time I hear it. Talking about missionaries, one of the, the number one reason our children are not going overseas or going into ministry today is what? Anybody want to guess? It's not the finances. What do you think it is? Parents are afraid to let their kids go. And I wonder why. And I got a funny feeling it has something to do with the parents have never experienced the joy of serving Jesus. And to realize that their children are safer serving Jesus than they are staying here out of the will of God and going to Walmart. Our service is directly related to our worship, and that's that final 
moment there at the end of the chapter. But as we jump into this, next week we're going to talk a little bit about who is our neighbor. Okay, we get the point. We, we, you know, it's like, whoo-hoo, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm out there. But here's the thing. Are we really ready? Do we really know who our neighbor is? So we'll be talking a little bit more about that one. See if I can get to the end here. I think there's an end slide. Here it is. What was our homework assignment for this week? How can I be an encouragement? Who is God going to bring into your life this week? Are you excited? It's an interesting thing, my friend. When we begin to think about being used of God, we're more open to God. You'll see this in the parable with the Good Samaritan. It says, not by any other thing, but as he journeyed. This is something that, it was a regular occurrence for him. He was ready. So as we stand and close in prayer, I'm going to commit you as the army of God. I don't think there's 70 of us here tonight. But I'm going to commission you to go into this world and the overflow of your life to be available for each and every contact you make. And my friend, don't pray for more contacts. Pray that you will step up and be aware of the contact that God gives you. He will. So would you like to stand or would you like to sit? Let's stand together and I'll let you go. Dear God, we just thank you for this evening and what we've heard and seen and witnessed. And just, it's just great to be together and challenge one another as we just kind of talk through and we're reminded of so many different things from the singing and the testimonies tonight, how God works and is at work abroad and right here at home. You want to use us, whether it be in school, at work, with our neighbors at the store, maybe shoveling a driveway. How can we be an encouragement for you this week? We thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. Have a great week. God bless you.